0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast, I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, it's hard to believe that another year is just about in the books. And uh, today I'm going to talk about resolve for the future. I think resolve rather than resolution, because we take resolutions so lightly, don't we? Um, Seems just, say, oh, we're going to do this, making resolutions, but the big, the big joke is that you couldn't even last a week. But praise the Lord. There's some resolve that we must make. There's some changes that we need to make in our lives. And what better than at a time at the end of one year and the beginning of another to be able to say, from this time on, I'm going to be different. A lot of times, we may think, well, just like the cartoon there. You know, I'm okay just the way it is. We need to take a deep look into our lives and see what the Lord would say to us today by his Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I just pray today that you will just make your word real to our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you will be with our people, Lord, as there, many of them are vacationing today, and Lord, and with friends. And, and uh, Father, I pray that uh, wherever they are, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will minister to them. They find themselves worshiping with another congregation this morning. I pray, Lord, that they will just feel right at home. Because wherever we are with the family of God, we're at home. We're in Father's house. So, Lord, just bless our people. Give traveling mercy to those that are traveling, Lord, this weekend. and, And bless each one in Jesus' name. And bless your word to our hearts. Amen. Paul said, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. As people of God, we have an important responsibility towards others. We need to be a positive influence on the lives of others. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is speaking and he says, You are the salt of the earth. He said, If the salt loses its flavor, how can the earth be salted? We are, he said, also the light of the world. A light that is hid under a bushel cannot be seen. People look at you and I and we're the only Jesus that a lot of people will ever see. You say that's quite heavy for me to represent Jesus. But it's a fact. Whether you've been serving God for years or whether you've just started to serve the Lord, you're a representative of Jesus Christ. Another year has gone by and we have made, have we made good use of the time that the Lord has given us? Or have we wasted it? When 2013 began, Did you resolve to do some things differently? Have you been true to that resolution? It's likely that all of us in some degree have not made good use of the past year. But at this point, let's apply apply the words of Paul. I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, there are some things about this this year that is just about past that we need to take lessons from. There are some things that are good, that we've done well, That we need to continue. There are some mistakes that we have made. That we hope we will never make again. Someone has said no matter who you are. No matter what you did. No matter where you've come from. You can always change. Someone else said one day spent with someone you love can change everything. So spend time with Jesus. It's amazing how when we set our mind to read the word, to pray, to start to fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, How your attitude begins to change. And your desire for things begin to change. There are some things that never change. The full gospel message of the cross never changes. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, forever. Forever. He's always the same in every generation. And so, along with that, some things that never change is the fact that Jesus saves. He will never change. This will never change. Jesus Christ died on the cross, not because of his sin, but because of ours. He suffered for our sins so that we who were dead in sin might live, might have eternal life. He was nailed to the cross because of our sins, because of my sin, because of your sin. But it was love that kept him there. You remember How he said he could call a legion of angels. And they would come and take him down from the cross. But he chose to stay there because he loved us. The Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This was God's way of bringing us back to him. After the fall, Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, No other name can save us except the name of Jesus. He's still saving all who will receive Him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that word, call, refers to praying, calling out to God, saying, Lord, I'm a sinner, I need you. Christianity is openly mocked in all media and television and movies and print. The U.S. and Canada and Europe continue their downward slide away from God in their rejection of anything having to do with the Bible. We just heard in the news recently about the uh, Phil from Duck Dynasty. He basically expressed what he believed in his faith, and hundreds and thousands of people were so upset at that. People are not condoning Christianity in North America like they once did. Yet the truth is that in our time worldwide, Christianity is growing. The Holy Spirit is greatly moving in what once was called the third world. When I was a boy, we were sending missionaries in great numbers to Africa, and Asia, and Latin America. You know, today, they're beginning to send missionaries to Canada and the United States. In Habakkuk 1 and 5 we read, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am doing something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Do you know that 80 million evangelical Christians are in China today? And 30,000 converts a day are being added to the church in China and a lot of this is underground ground underground churches and they do not have an accurate count could easily be double that 50 million Latin American Christians in the world today Africa is over Christian today. And I have an old statistic here, but it says 25,000 a day in Africa are coming to God. And this is evangelical statistics. Not just worldwide, everything plastered as Christianity. But these are people who are becoming born again children of God. So God is moving by his spirit. Amen? Secondly, Jesus heals. Isaiah 53, 5 says, By his stripes we are healed. Peter picks it up and he says, By his stripes you were healed. Bible scholars tell us why, we, why the difference there is are and were, is because Isaiah was looking ahead to what God would do and, and Peter was looking back at what God had done. By his stripes, you were healed. Jesus healed a woman with an issue of blood. He raised the dead. Peter and John healed the the lame man at the gate and he's still healing today. How many here in this room has experienced healing in your body? Let me see your hands. Put your hands up. Look around. You just see. I have mine up too. You see the testimony is all over the world no matter where you go. You get into any Any group of people. And you're going to find out that someone has experienced the healing power of Jesus Christ in their lives. Another thing that never changes is that Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, we read some believers will say that that was for the beginning of the church. Some will say that that don't happen anymore. That healing and the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, all of these things went out with the apostles. Or oh, they say it happened. But it's not happening today. That kind of reasoning is a little too late for a lot of us. We've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. We've experienced healing. I remember as a young man, I was brought up in a Pentecostal home, so I knew all of the things that went on in Pentecostal churches. I remember when I was dating Effie and uh, her brother uh, was dating my sister, and uh, he came to me one day and he said, a little earlier, a little before that, he went to church and he gave his heart to the Lord. He came to me one day and he said, Hey, what do you think of this baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues? I said, well, see, I don't know. I said, I I know one thing. I've seen my dad speaking in tongues. And I heard his testimony of how it happened. And I know my dad. And I know one thing. If it wasn't real, he wouldn't do it. I wasn't serving God at the time. But a little later, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I prayed and I asked God for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I remember going to the altar and raising my hands and praising God. The Holy Spirit moved upon me, and I fell on the floor. And as soon as I hit the floor, I heard within my spirit, you tried to do that. And I thought, you know, maybe I did. Maybe because I was so hungry and I wanted what everybody else had, maybe I tried to do it. But I made a resolve right there and then. I said, Lord, if I tried to do it, I'm sorry. But I'll tell you one thing. If I ever fall on the floor again, it will be you. Nobody will push me. I will not let myself go. And about three years later, I was in a larger church. And I was a bit of a sort of a shy person, introverted. And they would sometimes, I'd be ushering. And to walk up, walk up and down the aisles, I would almost trip over my own feet. I was so conscious of myself. and I, almost, I felt like everybody in the building was looking at me. And so I would always wait until the, the, when the altar call was given, and they would, and I would wait till other people got in the aisle, and I was sort of blending with everyone else. So this one Sunday evening, I was standing at the altar and worshiping and praising God, determined that I wasn't going to go on the floor. And it was almost for me, it was like two big hands, one on my back and one on my chest, just like baptizing me in water and just laid me down softly on the floor. And when I hit the floor, I said, thank you, Lord. I didn't receive speaking in tongues that night either. Nine years after I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, rededicated my life to the Lord, as a young man, nine years later, I was kneeling in a camp meeting. And I said, Lord, I'm here until you fill me, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. The only way I'm leaving this building tonight, they're going to have to drag me out. They can lock the doors if they like. I'm staying here till I get filled. Five minutes later, I was speaking in a language that I never knew. And I felt as if I had gotten saved all over again. I felt so light. I felt so clean. And I had a boldness that I never, ever had before. So I know that Jesus still baptizes in the Holy Spirit. He's still baptizing believers in the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said to them after he had preached, he said, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, to all that are afar off, and as many as the Lord our God will call. God is still calling people to himself. There has been many, many people that have given their hearts to Jesus Christ this year. He called them to himself. He may have used me as an instrument to speak to them, to introduce them to Jesus. They may have heard a message as somebody was preaching here. And when the altar call was given, they came forward. They may have stood in their seat or bowed their head and when, and when the, the, the prayer was given for salvation, they prayed along with us and they received Christ into their heart. But there's been an awful lot of people. Now, awful, that's Newfie. <laughs> that, that means a whole lot. But there's been a lot of people that have given their heart to Jesus Christ in this church alone this year. God is doing something in the hearts of people. They're finding new life, new help, new strength. Fourthly, Jesus is coming soon. That's the message of the gospel. It'll never change. Jesus is coming soon. The church is like the parable of the five foolish virgins. We're slumbering today. Many of of our, our church people have received all that God, they've received healing in their body, they've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they've been washed in the blood of Jesus. But they're sleeping. They're not concerned about who's going to hell or anything else. They're just concerned about themselves. They're consuming upon themselves. The Bible warns against this. Although the Bible says he's coming soon, people seem to think, well, they've been saying that for a long time. Listen to what the Bible says. 2 Peter 3, verses 3 and 9. In the last days, there will be many scoffers saying, where is he? Where is the promise of his coming? But they do not know That with the Lord 1,000 years is like a day. And he is not slow in keeping his promise. But he is waiting for people to repent of their sins. So that they will be saved. You see the Bible says. He's not willing that any would perish. But that everyone would come to repentance. If you want to know why. Why? It's taking so long for Jesus to come back. There's a whole lot of people that love Jesus that are praying. They're praying for their family. They're praying for their loved ones. They're praying for their neighbors. Their fellow workers. And Jesus is giving every opportunity. The Father is giving every opportunity for people to come to know him as their savior before he sends his son back. Just as sure there's a heaven and an earth, there will be a second coming. He will come, the Bible says, like a thief in the night when you least expect it. I remember as a young man, I knew the way of salvation. I knew what I needed to do. And sometimes I would lie in bed at night, and I think, "Well, the Lord is not going to come tonight because it's raining." <laughs> then, oh, it's it's a lovely, fine day. It's too good of a day for the Lord to come. But He's going to come when we think, or at least think about it. We'll be sleeping. Some will be sleeping, like the virgins. We'll be caught up in the clouds, the Bible says, to meet them in the air. It's a mystery. We'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. In light of this, the exhortation is to give ourselves fully to God's service. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Nothing has changed. It was true and required in the first century, and is still true today. It's true for yesterday, today, and forever. The gospel of Jesus Christ never changes. Has your relationship with God changed? James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double minded. Do you need to make some changes? I'm not asking you, Are you born again? I'm asking you, Do you need to make some changes? How many people would be saved this year if it was left to you? How close are you to God? Have you been faithful in listening and reading his word? Are you taking your relationship with God seriously? Has your degree degree of prayerfulness increased or decreased? This year, what changes are necessary in your life? Are you happy with the way things are going in your spiritual walk, or have you been thinking, "I need to be doing some things, things different"? Has your relationship with people changed? Have you fallen out with somebody this past year? Is there somebody who was once a close friend, now an enemy? Has your love for family, friends, brothers, sisters in Christ increased or decreased this year? Or do we need to make some changes? Listen to what the Bible says. 1 Thessalonians 4, nine, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. I remember a few years back Someone told us that this church was referred to the Love Church. Are we still the Love Church? I think it's the best compliment anyone could ever pay to Cole Lake Community Church, the Love Church, where we love one another. Each year brings new members into the family of God. Faces are always changing at Coal Lake Community Church. People come in, they work for a few years, come in with the military or with the oil business, and then they're transferred out, posted out. We can have up to 100 people move out of the church in one year. We've had it. Two years in a row, and still, we have approximately the same amount of people we've had for a number of years. It might be about 50 less. And so we've got a tremendous Responsibility to make sure that when people come in here, that they feel at home right from the very first day that they come. This is a place where we get together, love God, worship God, fellowship, hopefully grow in grace and grow in the Word, and become more productive in the family of God, no matter where we end up years from now. Let's make an effort to know the people that we come in contact with and that come here. So I'm going to conclude now. With this attitude of pressing forward, let me suggest the following resolutions. For for 2014, let's resolve to draw nearer to God say, Lord, this year, it's going to be different. And it's not just a resolution. It's a resolve. I will be different. I will draw nearer to God. I will resolve to show genuine love, and I will be salt and light in my community, in my home, in the workplace. These resolutions may sound simplistic, but if implemented, they will go a long way to producing the kind of lifestyle that is becoming of Christians. You know, in the church today, church in general, we have made it easy for people to come into church, to get into church. But God's requirement for entrance into his kingdom, into heaven, hasn't changed the same now as it was in the first century. The Bible overrules every sermon and every teaching and every program that we could ever come up with. What we need to say, the question we need to ask, is not what does Pastor Hayward say or what does Pastor Lance say, but what does the Bible say? Know your Bible. It's very important. I'm going to end with this poem. The old year ends, a new year begins with pages clean and new. And what is written on each page will now depend on you. You can't relive the year that's passed, erasing every wrong. For once a year or day is spent, it is forever gone. But don't give up in dark despair. If you have failed some test, seek God's forgiveness and resolve henceforth to do your best. Resolve each precious day to do things good and kind and pure. Days and years may pass away, these things shall still endure. You know not where your path may lead, nor what's beyond the hill, but know that God walks at your side if you will do His will. All things are possible with God, though days be bright or dim. So do your best and know that you can leave the rest to him. I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You stand with me, please. For one last time this year, I want to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are you born again? If your heart were to quit beating right now. Do you know that you would go immediately into the presence of God? Or would you be forever lost? If you want to know Jesus as your Savior today, we're all going to pray this prayer. You pray along with us. And God will hear that prayer. And if you really mean it, you'll become a part of the family of God. Let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you. I believe that you gave Jesus, your only son, to die on the cross for me. I received Jesus into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for every sin Wash me, and I shall be clean. Jesus, I love you. And from this day on, I resolve to serve you. In the name of Jesus, amen. If You pray that prayer, let somebody know. The Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, maybe you've got a need in your body today. Maybe you need prayer. You want prayer for healing, direction, restoration in some way, relationships, whatever it may be. God is bigger than all of our problems. You come forward, and we'll pray, pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this year. Lord I pray that you will just bless your people. Lord with your choicest blessings. Lord let this coming year be a time of great reward. Lord a time when we will see many many souls come to know you as their personal savior. That we will see many marriages healed. Lord we will see many people, many young people coming to know you as their savior. Many people who once walk with you that are prodigal sons and daughters right now. Lord, but they're going to come home this year. We believe for a harvest, Lord, a great harvest. And we believe, Lord, for a a great number of workers, Lord, people who will help, Lord, to to, uh, teach those new people, new converts, the way, Lord, of the Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. Have a great New Year's Day. And... uh, If you need prayer, you just come on and we'll pray with you before we go today. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.